Today's episode is brought to you by Yelp, whose mission is to connect people with great local businesses. They're also helping me connect with you, which is totally awesome. Now here we go. It's moments like this are what we all fear. You know, this, this uh, risk that the music stops uh, because you put your life's work and your energy and your blood, sweat and tears and everything on the line. Welcome to Full Comp, a show offering insight into the future of the hospitality industry, featuring restaurateurs, thought leaders, and innovators, served up on the house. I'm Josh Kopel, and on today's show, how Eric Oberholzer overcame the crash of 2008 to spark a good food movement and build an empire. Back in 2008, things seemed so bleak. So many of us didn't have a plan. But Tender Greens founder Eric Oberholzer did. In fact, he had a 10-year plan that took Tender Greens from three locations to 30. Here he takes us back to the early days when the bright lights of Hollywood grew dim. We were born in uh, 2006, so we opened uh, in June of 2006. The, I don't know if you remember those days. They were pretty heady days, like what what we were in two months ago. <laughs> and uh, and we opened. You know, we were sort of unique to the market, and opened with lines down the block and, and a lot of excitement. We uh, opened our second restaurant in, in San Diego in Liberty Station Marketplace, which was uh, an old naval uh, training um, facility, and it was this amazing campus with a with a vision uh, for the future. And we, in the middle of build out, uh, the lights went out uh, in the economy. Mm-hmm. Um, so we went ahead and opened the restaurant, and and there were some <clears throat> some dark days and and challenging days uh, where you're fighting survive for survival every every day. Um, and we had some other leases signed uh, in, you know, West Hollywood and Hollywood um, that were opportunities that came up because of the uh, the financial shift. Um, so it, it created opportunities in the real estate market. Uh, but as you remember, you know, by two thousand and eight, uh, everything started to 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 slow down, and we were we opened on the corner of Sunset and Vine. Starbucks was supposed to go in on the hard corner and they pulled out. Uh, there was another concept uh, that was supposed to go in, pulled out, and, uh, and, and, the, and the folks out of New York who were going to take over our space, um, I think it was like zinc or something like that, mm-hmm. uh, pulled out. Um, and everybody was pulling out of their real estate deals and we were doing well. So we we executed and uh, and opened up, and and by the time we opened in, in Hollywood, uh, Borders Borders Books across the street had filed for bankruptcy and went dark. Uh, Wells Fargo on the other corner moved, uh, so that building went dark. Uh, there were a number of others who who just started to to empty out, and and the lights in Hollywood literally <laughs> seemed yeah. to be dimming, um, and yet. <clears throat> In in all of that, we uh, we offered something that uh, wasn't wasn't in the market, and and people were starting to uh, to trade down from the the more expensive restaurants, those that stayed open, um, 
and we were able to take advantage of it. And in San Diego, where we were hit probably hardest by the the economy, um, you know, we found opportunity in that to to innovate and do things that um, others weren't doing, at least in in our market. And we started bringing in whole animals. Um, we we started uh, walking every morning up up uh, the hill in Point Loma to harvest uh, produce uh, for the daily special. Literally, our our sous chefs would go up there, uh, essentially use this little micro farm, Point Loma Farms, um, as as our garden, and uh, and we got it at uh, unique prices and uh, the freshest in, in the country. It was all organic and developed this reputation for uh, truly cooking by hand um, and working with all the, the small artisans in the in the area. Um, so while everybody else was sort of struggling to survive or had already tapped out, uh, we were doubling down on on our uh, sort of our mission and our intentions and uh, and and really did take the long view on this. We were willing to. Uh, to you know, to to lose money, uh, but double down on our commitment to ingredients and and uh, leverage our 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 chef talent, and it became in in San Diego and in, in L.A. Uh, a great recruiting tool uh, because there were all these chefs who were available suddenly, and they started mm-hmm. to join our our team, and then there were others uh, who came available who either. Uh, were pivoting from whatever industry they were in or they had lost their jobs. You know, these moments are painful. Um, and, and for some, there doesn't feel like a, a good pivot. Um, but for, for those of us who look at um, roadblocks and tension points as uh, source of, sources of inspiration and opportunities to innovate, I think we're going to come out of this, um, you know, stronger than ever. Well, and, and one of the things that you mentioned specifically was taking the long view. I, I know that one of, one of the foundational elements of your business philosophy is having a 10-year plan. Can you talk about that? Yeah. So, you know, TYP Restaurant Group was the name of our, you know, our sort of corporate identity tender greens was the brand um and and typ uh, stands for 10-year plan and it was a commitment between me matt and david uh, my two co-founders to to really look at this um in the long form uh and and we thought at the time a decade was a good gauge that was a good marathon and and then <clears throat> to our investors uh to our farmers to everybody who joined the uh, you know the journey that uh, we were on this this journey of ten year plan um, and 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 what that looked like very specifically was thirty restaurants over ten years uh, across California with the idea that at the end of that rainbow, if we were successful, uh, everybody who participated uh, would participate in the wealth creation, and ultimately everybody did um you know in 2015 at year nine we uh we had a a big you know partial exit event um that led by 
Danny Meyer of Union Square Hospitality Group and mm-hmm. Josh Golden of ACG. And, um, you know, those who took this very long, patient uh, outlook on, on growing a what we believe is a, you know, multi-generational brand uh, that really stands for something, that, uh, that there was some wealth creation, but there was, more importantly, uh, uh, career uh, um, development for people, and people mm-hmm. became better as a result of uh, having been part of this. And, and we think we, uh, we, we also contributed something positive to the, to the restaurant space. So in 2006, you came up with the 10-year plan, and in 2008, everything took a nosedive. Did you guys pivot? Did you adjust? Or like you said, did, did you just double down and say, this is, you know, we're not worried about profitability. What we're worried about is sustainability. Yeah, that's exactly right. So TYP, the magic of, of really long-term thinking is that that long-term plan never, never changes, really. Uh, in the same way that if if you fly from uh, let's say if you drive from Los Angeles to New York City, um, you're going to New York City. That's that's the end goal. You're going. You're going to get to New York. And and what happened in two thousand and eight was we hit, you know, really nasty traffic. You know, we we got off the freeway and uh, and took the side streets, and you you pivot in the moment. Um, to get around the mess that um, is now your reality. Right. Um, and in that, you know, you might learn th- some things along the way. You might uh, have an opportunity to stop off at a, at a taqueria that you would have passed by um, had you stayed on the, on, on the freeway. Um, so I think, um, you know, these, these roadblocks are, are also opportunities. You just have to stay clear and um and use them to your advantage um and you know while everybody's getting frustrated in traffic we 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 took the roads less traveled took took some risk uh, didn't panic and mm-hmm. uh and and believed that the, the fundamentals of our business were strong um and it you know it proved proved to be true Well, and following along with that idea that, you know, through crisis, there's opportunity. We look around and almost every restaurant in America is shut down right now. Mm-hmm. So as an industry, we, we have the opportunity to rethink absolutely everything. You know, yeah. are there foundational changes that you would like to see in terms of, you know, the razor thin margins we work on, gratuity and the, the overall concept of gratuity relative to the distribution? Anything like that? Yeah, I, I think um, I, I I think you know these these situations uh, one uh, served to correct what was already a, um, I, I think an overbuilt uh, space, and and I don't mean that uh, negatively towards anybody, but um, you know the, the industry is a little bit overbuilt. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, and then we were already under threat from uh, third-party delivery and some of these other changing um, tides in in our industry. Uh, living wage, which has caused a lot of pressure, high, uh, you know, high development costs, all of that. So I think everybody was already at the edge, 
Mm-hmm. And then this just, I, I think this knocked, is going to end up knocking quite a few people out, out of the game permanently. Um, and then, you know, others are going to uh, innovate. Uh, I do think um, we have to, as an industry, take this time to reflect and say, all right, ne- whether we like it or not, uh, the pause button was just hit. We, we all have time to clear our heads and think about how the model needs to change. And, you know, I personally was already looking at uh, more of a subscription uh, format um, to solve for the unpredictability of, you know, daily volumes, um, the challenges of labor, uh, the, um, the challenges of uh, production costs, everything. So we have to find ways to still deliver an elevated experience uh, in the four walls, if that's what we're wanting to do, um, but in such a way that it truly is, I think, uh, theater. Mm-hmm. And and in the last downturn, there were there were some restaurants that moved to that, whether it was selling tickets or. Um, but you know, going back to to the way we were doing business before this whole thing happened is probably not sustainable. The the world was changing already, um, and now it's changed, I think, dramatically. And and uh, and we're not sure what that all means. But I think this is an invitation to to try some things. Yeah. Um, so whether it's uh, uh, you know continuing down the the you know the channel of of delivery, um, but in a way that uh, we can all make money and also deliver products at the quality levels that we expect mm-hmm. uh, in packaging that's not toxic to the environment. Uh, I think there will be a lot of interesting things that happen there. And for those of us who still believe that a a restaurant has a, an important role to play in, in neighborhoods and society, as I do, um, we may have to rethink what that looks like. A theme that keeps coming up in my own mind again and again and again, and I'm sure you can appreciate this. You know, when you go from 80 to 100 hour work weeks to unemployment, which is the situation mm-hmm. for so many of us, mm-hmm. you know, the, the idea of work-life balance pops into my head again and again and again, right? Mm-hmm. Because now I'm spending more time with my family, uh, mm-hmm. my wife and my child, and then I'm also speaking to my parents and my brother. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot more than I ever had before. I'm rekindling friendships that I never had yeah. time to before. And the business is closed, right? Yeah. And it remains to be seen based on how long this goes, whether we'll be able to reopen or not, you know, yeah. it's just a real concern for a lot of us. Yeah. And so I'm beginning to reevaluate and, and revalue the allocations of time in my own life. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm wondering if, You've had that same realization either through this or, or through, you know, the, the liquidity moment at uh, Tinder Greens. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I think this is, um, you know, I, I, again, I, my, I want to say my, 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 my heart goes out to everybody who's um, in, a, in a very painful place. And I think we're all experiencing different versions of that, uh, some worse than others. Uh, that said, I think this is, there's a hidden gift in this. Um, 
I've, I've heard people say this is, you know, the, the, the divine's uh, um, way of forcing us to go to our room and really think about uh, what we're doing and what our mm-hmm. priorities are. And, and I think that's true. You know, I, we, um, you know, we're finding joy in raising little chickens and visiting them every day. We uh, are planting at the, at the farm and also in an urban uh, uh, farm space. Um, we're cooking uh, together every day, uh, you know, I'm getting to little, you know, nice to do's that have been on my list for years. And, mm-hmm. um, and, and time was always the, uh, competing agent in that. Well, now time is, um, abundant. So what are we going to do with that time? Um, so I think, you know, whether it's these, uh, uh, these, these new, uh, um, in sort of group um, meetups um, mm-hmm. that families are using or friends are using so we can stay connected virtually or um, really getting centered on all those things that we were, we were waiting to get to when we had time and never getting to that point to the 80, hundred hour work week um, example. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's no, no excuse. So, uh, there's, there's a lot of stuff to do right now. And then on top of that, I think, uh, deeper connections and, a and a rejiggering of priorities and, 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 and getting centered on what matters and truly in life. Yeah. And, uh, and, and I think it'll also, um, really get us all familiar what we're missing most about, um, community. Mm-hmm. And when when that comes back, when we're able to to gather, when we're able to share and celebrate and work again, um, you know, I, I think we're going to have an understanding of what we missed most, and we're going to get to it. So there are thousands of restaurateurs listening in this moment. Um, let's pretend you're a restaurateur with only one restaurant that's mm-hmm. currently shut down. You've got a limited yeah. amount of cash in the bank, which is the position yeah. for so many of us. Yeah. What would your short-term plan be to get open and to stay open? Well, I think it. Um, I think it. It depends where you are, but um, you know, I, 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 I love what I really admire of, of some of the independent restaurants is converting uh, the restaurant into a. Um, a, a community kitchen for those who are um, most impacted by this. So, um, you know, Moza in, in LA, mm-hmm. um, Mission Taqueria here in, in Philly have, uh, uh, have basically said, okay, all of these restaurant workers who are now out of work and still have families, still have bills, um, we're going to offer at least good food for them. Mm-hmm. And it's gonna it's gonna put the the team at least in in some form of of service and 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 work uh, those who you know who maybe are on salary or whatever it's gonna c- continue the supply chain so farmers still have an outlet mm-hmm. and and in the short term you're you're showing up as restaurants do um, of service and uh, and it's a it's a pivot and it, it might cost some money in the short term, but I think it pays, um, multiple dividends in the, in, in, in the long run. Um, 
others have converted into, you know, to, to bodegas. Um, and, you know, they've essentially turned their restaurants into to, to little shops, mm-hmm. um, which I think, depending on the needs of the neighborhood, are, are, it's a service because everybody's at home. So if I can get restaurant quality provisions um, without having to, to go to a supermarket, uh, I, I think that's uh, that's that's a benefit to the community. So I think what I would look at is how can I be of service to my immediate uh, community, uh, starting with my team, mm-hmm. then starting with those who I think need it the most. Um, and and I am you know as a business uniquely qualified to to help out. Um, and then you know make sure that my farmers, my artisans are are still active. Looking back, you know, every year, I, I, I say this all the time, every year I look back on the man I was and I think about the things that I thought, things that I believed personally and professionally. And I always laugh and say, what a fool I was, you know, mm. because, you know, the, the learning curve, especially in this industry is so steep. Yeah. Um, so many hard lessons learned. When was the last moment you felt foolish and what was the lesson you learned? Hmm. Um. I I was not paying enough attention, frankly, and I don't know that any of us were to uh, uh, to to third party delivery. Um, I remember when it came up; it came up first in West Hollywood for us. Uh, Postmates um, started coming up on our radar, and and at that time they were just calling in directly. Uh, paying with an American Express card, and those volumes kept going up and up and up and mm-hmm. up. First, first we thought it was a weird scam. Then we started to hear a little bit about it. We we found you know found their website, uh, saw that our menu um, was posted incorrectly, along with a lot of others, mm-hmm. and and we we reached out to them and said you know who are you and what are you doing. And then we realized at the time they were providing this service that we weren't able to solve for, which was delivery. Obviously, there was demand because it was just like, you know, hockey sticking. Right. Um, and we're like, okay, well, it's free. They're, they're, people seem to like it. Let's go for it. And and we didn't – we just didn't know – realize what sort of a beast it was going to be. Right. Um, fortunately, you know, we've, we've been better protected from the, the margins than, than most in the industry because of, you know, our volumes and our sort of early then embrace of, of this. Um, but it's, um, it's been a very disruptive uh, shift in, in consumer behavior mm-hmm. uh, for all of us. And that's not, you know, news to anybody uh, in the restaurant industry. We've all been trying to navigate it, but it's it's happened to us versus uh, with us. How much weight do you think you'll gain while in quarantine? Uh, <laughs> you know, I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty stable. Uh, I actually uh, uh, hope to get in better shape. It's part of uh, the benefit of time. So uh, before this call i uh i was upstairs uh, doing 
uh, yoga and Pilates with my girlfriend. We call it comedic uh, yoga <laughs> because she uh, she she leads it with this sort of Saturday night live esque version, uh, mm-hmm. so that it we get a good session in, but it's uh, it's kind of funny. That's great. What, <laughs> what is the worst part of quarantine? The worst part of quarantine is, um, I you know, you, you start to miss um, meeting up with people. Uh, I think uh, the 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 restrictions on on gathering is is uh, is what I would say. Uh, bothers me the most Um, what is the best part of quarantine i think time and simplicity uh you know it's it's simplified life in in an odd way and has sort of prompted us to get really centered on uh the simple things in life whether it's comedic yoga together whether it's cooking together whether it's planting seeds for the um, for the you know spring planting, um, checking in on the, <laughs> the chickens as they grow, mm-hmm. uh, you know it's it's a, it's the simple pleasures of life. You have an entire industry listening to you right now. Is there anything you would like to say to them directly? Um, these are difficult, difficult times. We've we are probably the most resilient um industry um and and we're going to to find our way home um and and what i'd say is that it's uh, at the end of the day everybody has to eat um and we're here to to feed them and people have to gather eventually we're we're a social um species and 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 a big part of that is gathering in our restaurants and our in our hotels and our venues um and uh and, and we're gonna we're gonna suffer a little bit but uh, i think we we have a history of bonding together and taking care of our own and and we're gonna do that um <laughs> use this time to you know to to get healthy get centered uh we're gonna come back stronger than ever uh everything's gonna be fine where can people find you on social uh, at Eric Oberholzer, uh, or uh, go to uh, cohere uh, under, under slash uh, co. That's Eric Oberholzer, founder of Tender Greens with 30 locations in the U.S. and growing. If you want to tell us your story, hear previous episodes, check out our video content, or read our weekly blog, go to joshkopel.com. That's J-O-S-H-K-O-P-E-L dot com. Thank you so much for listening to the show. You can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And while you're there, please leave us a review. A special thanks to Yelp for helping us spread the word to the whole hospitality community. I'm Josh Kopel. You've been listening to Full Comp.